Hello, Music City, and welcome to the Music City Roundup. My name is Brandon Still, and joining me this week is the host of Connected with Kelly on YouTube, Kelly Sutton. Hi! How are you? I am fantastic. It is so great to see your smiling face here on a Thursday afternoon. Thank you. It's been, I mean, you know what? It's been one of those days where it's like, yeah, okay, there's a lot of stuff going on, but it's 2020. So what do we expect? But it's good. And I'm excited to be a part of the show. I love what you're doing. And fun fact for everybody that's watching right now, we didn't realize that we we're practically neighbors. You're right down the street. <laughs> we could do this. I could open my window and yell and you probably hear me. That is a true story. It's so funny. When I first contacted you, I said, hey, I'd love you. And you go, wait, do you have the gigantic skeleton that was out the, on the street, like guilty. That was the thing. That was the identifier. As soon as I saw that, I'm like, I think you live right down the road from me. So, I mean, the fact that we're doing this and the fact that when I go back and I look at all the people that you talk to on a daily basis, these are the people that I, I know and love. These are my friends in the restaurant industry from Manit to our friends at Peg Leg Porker to so many of the people that are downtown and, and working in the, the food industry right now and making it happen on our growing food scene. So I just felt like this was homecoming when I saw all of the people that we're connected to. I said, oh, I love these people. These are my people. They, they are your people. They're our people. They're the people who make up so much of the culture of what Nashville is, almost like the music scene and how those two kind of play hand in hand. And yeah. um, I'm just so excited that you're able to do this. And I feel like uh, if you're watching this and you're like, hey, Delia looks different. <laughs> that is be <laughs> that is because Delia has uh, taken the opportunity to go and focus her time on her work at Eater as the editor of Eater Nashville. She was on the show for 19 weeks as my co-host. She was absolutely amazing. We love her to death. Wish her nothing but the best of luck and success and everything. And hopefully we can check in with her from time to time. But um, Delia is me focusing on what she's doing. And we're so excited to have Kelly here with us today. I have to say, shout out to Delia. We shared a very cool experience together, um, an interactive, it was the chef and I, and we did like this interactive dinner and we got to sit at the same table together. And we had so much fun that night. She is a kindred spirit and I just love her so. And I know that she absolutely loves everything that she does at Eater and her experience in the Nashville world of food is so vastly um, superior to mine. I can bring to you the <laughs> terms. She's like the expert, 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 but I just, I love and respect her so much. And we follow each other on Instagram. So I have to send her a little DM and tell her how much I love and miss her. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. She is a, a wealth of knowledge and she's out there doing her at dining with Delia Joe. We're going to talk about an event that she's doing uh, here in just a little bit on our What's News segment. But one of the things that you're kind of known for is yesterday's typically a very big day for you as I know I've seen you for years and years yeah. on the red carpet talking to Dolly Parton. You're talking to Tanya Tucker and all of the stars at that event. The CMAs was last night and you were not there. What was that like for you? It was hard. 
heartbreaking. Are you kidding me? It was heartbreaking, Brandon. That's my world. And I wasn't there. It was so bad. No, I, you know, it was, um, it was very interesting. First time since 2013 that I have not been involved in some form or fashion of covering this. Wow. It's been seven years, eight, seven, something like that. Um, and, you know, it, it is, it's kind of like my Super Bowl this week. In fact, for those that aren't really in the the music world, this week is the Super Bowl of country music for us. Because in addition to the CMA Awards, you also have the BMI Awards, the ASCAP Awards, and the CSAC Awards. They all take place in the same week. So I typically do three sometimes four red carpets in a week. And wow. it is, it's crazy and amazing. And then uh, throw in top, you know, on top of that, we do Radio Row interviews. So truly this week, I'm usually doing over 120 interviews in two, three days. Um, fast forward to 2020 where I did none. <laughs> it was like, what? Well, that's it. Well, what? so- what am I doing with myself? So yeah, I got to watch it from home in my PJs, which was way more comfortable than being on the red carpet in a very beautiful gown. Um, it was a different experience. It was still lovely. I a hats off to CMA, to everybody involved. It was an incredible production. The fact they pulled that off, maintaining social distancing, six feet apart for everybody that was on the stage. Uh, you know, one I noticed that. They couldn't, it was so much so that, like you can't take a microphone and then hand it to someone else that, the you know, everybody has to have their own microphone. They did tables. So it was almost like a dining occasion and every artist was allowed to sit at a table with one guest and that was it. So it was like two people per table pretty much. Um, so it was very, very different. It was at the Music City Center versus Bridgestone Arena. But overall, watching it and seeing it come together in a national platform, being on television last night, it still was an incredible representation of Nashville. And I was really proud. So I think it was it was beautiful. Um, again, uh, Robert Deaton has been the producer and director of that show for a number of years, and he pulled off a Herculean task last night and it came off beautifully. I thought it really did come off really well. You know who I was most excited for um, was the bands, right? So not like the bands like Old Dominion who did win for best group, but second year, second year in a row. Yes. But if you watch the performances, you have the main singers and then you have the guitar players and the, the bands, cause they haven't been performing. So just the bands being up there, they were just so amped they were jumping around and they were all spaced out but i was like i was so i had like this warm feeling in my heart for all those guys just getting back together and performing you know it was just it was they've been waiting for this moment for months they have been waiting and boy did they like let out months of frustration it was i agree with you watching their faces watching them perform watching them in their element um i think maybe that was why the performances were so great (laughs) just because everybody was just so happy to be on a stage again I uh, I completely agree. I love the format of it looked like this really cool exclusive like right. jazz club. The setting yeah. that they just kept it was like the, all these little circle tables right. and I love how it was like date night for so many of them. You know, it was just like the artist and their wife hanging out at a table and it was like right. you get to have date night with all like the the most 
the the cream of the crop of the country music world. It was a uh, it was kind of adorable like that with all of your buddies. Yeah, it was an incredible night. Eric Church taking home the honor for Entertainer of the Year. I think that that was kind of unexpected. I I know. Just as a, a CMA voter and, you know, being in the music community, I do not think that that was top of mind. I don't think most people thought Eric would take that prize home. Um, I think most people thought Carrie Underwood would probably get that. And I was really shocked. I was really, really shocked that he walked away with Entertainer of the Year. When you talk about that category, though, everybody that was nominated was absolutely deserving. They're all like just phenomenal. Yeah, Carrie and Miranda and Keith and, and Luke Combs, newcomer, and then Eric Church and, and Eric walking away with it. If you've ever seen him live, you understand why he's incredible. And he gave an incredible speech to his acceptance speech, just saying, you know, being here tonight, watching music being played live in with each other, that was the win. So it was. It was good. It was a really great night. And again, this is what's really interesting. Me being the history nerd in music. I know it's it's weird. I have a weird compulsion for that. But the, the <laughs> very first CMA awards in the 60s were held just like that. It was really? the tables and everyone's seated and and it was a dinner. So, wow, full circle moment, right? That they came back to that same type of, of, of seating arrangement. And I wonder if that's going to stay. I, I think personally, the sound quality and the lighting of that particular area was better than it is in Bridgestone because Bridgestone is such a huge cavernous hole that you're trying to control the sound in. Oh, yeah. where the city center is much more confined. And I, I just felt like the sound was way better. Did you think that the Charlie pride acceptance speech was the most like adorable thing ever? Were you just watching that going, I want to go give him a hug. Can I was that at the greatest moment? It was it, so incredible for so many reasons. Number one, Jimmy Allen is a good friend of mine and I love him dearly. And he has been through so much in his life. And the fact that he got to be up there to present that award to Charlie was yeah. just like, my heart was exploding with pride. Like I was proud sister with him, but then couple that with Charlie pride coming out and saying, I'm nervous. I, I don't know. You don't know this, but I'm really nervous. And his little hands are shaking and, reading this paper and he's listing all of these people. Yeah. I wanted to hug him. And I, I've had the pleasure of interviewing Mr. Pride before. And let me tell you something. He's as sharp as a tack. He remembers so many things. And he, we went into a deep dive about baseball because, you know, his whole dream was to play baseball. He didn't want to sing. That was the secondary career. That was plan B. He wanted to be a professional baseball player. So like watching plan B come to fruition and become this mega country star and then come full circle to get that award last night, the Willie Nelson, you know, it was lifetime it, achievement. Yeah. That was incredible. So yeah, it was, I just love him. Charlie's awesome. So there were some pretty special moments uh, with that show last night, but I want to ask you, since you were not able to be there last night, is there just so the word, Brandon. Just keep mentioning the fact that I wasn't there. <laughs> keep bringing it up. So since you weren't there, okay. uh, <laughs> is there a moment that you look back on that is in like any seminal moment from the CMAs that's just like one of those moments you look back on fondly that's like that was the memory for me that I can look back on that was like the most special time hmm. that you had? In all of them or last night? And all of them, not just I me. Mean, I'm talking oh, okay. going back. 
Wow. Uh, On the spot. I would say I've had some really incredible moments. Um, one of which was I, I was doing interviews and somebody came up behind me and um, just hugged me. And I didn't know who it was until I turned around and it was Garth. And he just was like sneaking up behind me just to say hi, as if I'm not gonna stop what I'm doing because it doesn't matter who else you're talking to at that point. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, whomever I was speaking with at that point, because you were not, you were nowhere near as important as this came up. And so just having that moment of, of uh surprise and the fact that he was there and i just got a chance to love love him and hug him oh and another one that was that was huge to me and i will never forget lionel richie sang penny lover to me on the red carpet that that would be a big one right if i if i could pull the microphone over here and drop it that's basically what that amounted to it was it was lionel richie loving country music talking about how most of his songs he felt in his heart were actually country and that he identified more with country music than he did any other type of music. And then he sang Penny Lover. And I don't remember what happened after that. Cause I was pretty much just <laughs> floating on cloud nine. <laughs> so when you came back down to earth, well, cool. Well, thank you for taking that little stroll down memory lane. Of course, of course. Of course. I mean, it's, uh, it's, one of the, my favorite times of the year and one of the times that we as a city really just get to showcase how special Nashville is. And we are, you know, on a national platform with all the lights shining and everyone looking at us. And I think that we were very well represented last night. I think so, too. I thought it was great. And I loved um, Maren Morris. I thought her acceptance speeches were wonderful. Yes, yes. She took the time to really acknowledge so many women of color who are in country music who just aren't getting airplay. And I feel like that tide is turning. And I feel like that there are so many people that are really making a concerted effort to make sure that they have equal airplay. And absolutely. hundred yeah. percent. So we are going to move on to, um, our our first segment of the show because we've okay. got a pretty busy we got a pretty busy show today. We do a lot. We're just talking, not paying yeah. attention to what we're supposed to be talking about. It's fine. We're figuring this stuff out. We got this. <laughs> we've got. Um, we're going to talk to Samantha Ulrich, and she is the marketing director for Red Pebbles Hospitality, which that's Adele's in Four Hundred Four Kitchen oh, and um, Gertie's Bar there at Four Hundred Four Kitchen as well as Emmy Squared. So she's going to come on and tell us what they're doing, some of the cool things that are happening with their company. Bob from Fido is going to come on as our local legend. And at 4 o'clock, we're going to be talking to um, both Caroline Galzen as well as Charlie McPherson. Uh, Caroline Galzen is going to come on and talk to us real quickly about a new mask mandate that they've got over at, the, uh, at uh, Tennessee Action for Hospitality. And we're excited to talk to her about that. So we will uh, we'll be getting into all of these wonderful things. And we're going to talk about what's new here after I um, send something out really fast. I'm sorry, sorry, Kelly. Here, I've got something I have to send. Send it. Because. That's um, we love about live. Stuff happens and you're live and you're watching it. Yeah, we were jumping in and uh, I said, let's do this thing. And then. 
Charlie, who Charlie McPherson from Miracle One Wines is going to come on and he's going to tell us which bar he is at. Okay. And I'll do a shameless little plug for myself right now that if you go to Facebook, we have a new Facebook group. It is called the Nashville Restaurant Radio Insiders. And on that group is where you can submit any kind of help if you want to, hey, I would like you to talk about my restaurant, anything along those lines, any kind of um, plugs or whatever we can do, you can go to that page and uh, you can submit it there. But we also announced on that page where Charlie's going to be today. And Charlie's going to be pouring his wines. They have a free wine tasting. He's pouring the rosé, the cabernet. Uh, and I think a Pinot Noir today at this undisclosed la- location, which we will disclose in 10 minutes. Ah, I'm excited yes. for that. Do I have time to go down there or no? Not from where you live. No. <laughs> or, or, or me. Nice. Um, so our first segment, which is going to be the what's new segment, is brought to you by Cytex. And Cytex is a third generation family owned and operated linen, mats, and uniform company. They really are the good guys in the linen business. Uh, they're transparent with their pricing. They have incredible quality, and their service is second to none. Please check them out at Cytex-Corp.com or give Ross Chandler a call at 270-823-2468. That is Cytex bringing you what's new. So Love it. We've got a really cool pop-up on our show this past week. We had Molly Martin, and she's the owner of Juniper Green, uh, which is a pop-up in the Fairlane Hotel right now. She is a caterer who caters outside of Citizen Kitchen, and they are doing a pop-up dinner this Sunday called Asymmetry, and it is going to be at the Fairlane Hotel, and it's a really kind of a cool, um, kind of this melding of different people. Jessica Sloan. Uh, who's an event designer, the tea huntress, Sarah Scarborough, and ceramics by Salt. They actually have custom ceramics for the food. There's going to be these, there's like a tea class. They're going to have food pairings. It's totally going to be, it's two different seatings at six and eight. And she described the event. It's just, it sounds just like an amazing time. I mean, listen, pop-ups to me are so much fun because it's like, it's the excitement of something new and also falling in love with a new favorite. So to me, those are, I love a good pop-up and this sounds like it's going to be a good one. Uh, Speaking of good pop-ups, Delia Joe Ramsey has her Dining with Delia Joe. She's got a pop-up that is this Sunday also. It's called Sound Bites. Oh. Uh, I'm not sure if it's sold out, okay. but there are six different chefs. There's a chef from Set Sun. Um, I know Julio Hernandez uh, from Mais de la Vida is going to be there. Edgar Victoria from uh, Alabrije. Uh, so it's going to be at a secret location with a view, and it is this Sunday, and you can get tickets on Talk. Secret location? How does she pull that off? That's incredible. Think about that for a second. She's basically planning an incredible dinner party and it has a view and you get to go and have all of these chefs there at your disposal. Like she's brilliant. She's brilliant. She's got it set up. They're going to be playing kitchen playlists from each of the different chefs as they serve the food. Um, It looks like it's going to be a pretty great event. So you can get tickets at talk. Um, Zeppelin in Germantown is now open. And one of the things we're going to talk about when we bring on Samantha is Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is coming up. Oh, yeah. Kelly, what's your, do you have like a, what's your Thanksgiving tradition? They all come here. All of them. 
all the people, all the humans. They all, go all the humans us. come to you. <laughs> you know what? It's been so fun, though. I, that That is the one thing. We live really geographically right in the middle of all of our family. So it's just easier for them to come here. Um, so they come and I will traditionally do the turkey. Uh, my mother-in-law does her favorite sides. My mom does sides. You know, we're cooking. I mean, it, it really is the scene from, you know, years gone by of everybody in the kitchen all at the same time cooking and all over top of each other. And then we eat until we are just completely stuffed and usually nap. That's, that's the whole thing. Is there football involved? Are you guys a sports family? Uh, yes, ish. Uh, my husband <laughs> and his dad, my father, my father-in-law. Yeah. They'll, all, they'll watch football. The rest of us. No, we're, we're in the other room watching Hallmark movies, the Hallmark channel. The Christmas movies have already started. I mean, we're full tilt. Brandon, my Christmas tree's up. So I'm not saying I don't. I love Thanksgiving, but it's 2020 and I need some Christmas joy. So. Well, it's like the other day, you know, we, you mentioned earlier in the show, we live next to each what? other. You went, you, you go, did you already put your Christmas stuff up? And I went, I did. She's like, oh, I saw it. I know. So now I can't hide anything. No, it's good. No, you can't. I'm right down the road. <laughs> I pass your house every day. Every time you go to the store, you're right. like, oh, there's Brandon. There he is. That's what's there going on. There I'm it is. Basketball. Thanksgiving <laughs> is awesome. But I will say, I think, um, and I have done this in the past. I have catered some things in the past for Thanksgiving. And those were kind of the best ones. because <laughs> There was a lot of pressure that's taken off of your shoulders when you know somebody's either doing the turkey or you're getting all of your sides taken care of. That's always a really nice option, too. So I'm excited to hear more about other options for Thanksgiving. <laughs> well, I'm I'm going to be working. I am going to be at the restaurant, okay. greeting people at the front door, taking temperatures, talking to people, explaining what's going on, keeping people socially distant. Uh, I will be at Mayor Bull Restaurant, amazing, greeting people. And it's so funny because they do so much to go and delivery, and so many people that dine in there, uh, and people go, why? Why do people go out to eat on Thanksgiving? Like, why would you go out to eat? And it's like, so you don't have to cook anything. You have to get the whole family. You just show up, you eat, and then you go back home. And there's no dishes, no prep, nothing. You just put the credit card down, and then you can watch football, dessert, wine. And people are like, I, I, I see that. I see how that could be a thing. I see the appeal. And you're making me rethink everything that I have planned. <laughs> Are reservations still available, by the way? Yes, okay. uh, barely. Well, we're going to tell you right now, uh, if you're going to go, if you want to do that option, if you want to dine in, um, the 404 Kitchen is doing a all-day kind of Thanksgiving brunch slash dinner. So okay. It starts, I think, at 11 to, to 8, I think is what they're doing. And then um, Adele's, which is that same company, St. Stephen. Uh, Manit over at Shohan and the Mockingbird are all doing in-house and um, as well as Maribel. Maribel is doing it too. And um, you can order that to go from there also. So those are the places you can dine in and then pick up and to go. Arnold's is doing a to-go Thanksgiving dinner. Juniper Green, who I just mentioned, is doing that pop-up. They're doing a to-go. Loveless Cafe I've done Loveless. That was the one that I did because I'm 
like, well, five minutes from Loveless. And so there was a Thanksgiving. I did that and it was glorious. Loveless is always a go-to. It's the, it's just the best. Uh, Julia Sullivan of Henrietta Red is, she has a company called the Party Line Catering. And uh, they're going to be doing a Thanksgiving dinner as well as Chef's Market. So there's lots of options out there. If you don't want to cook and you need to order it in or go out to eat. And I got a lot of this information at um, NashvilleGuru.com. There's a lot of great Thanksgiving options. And everybody keeps adding options out there, especially in this time of COVID where if you're not getting everybody together or you're just kind of being cautious, you just need to feed a couple people. This might be a really nice option for a lot of people. Well, and I think too, it is a, it is a good mix. Like even if it's just somebody taking care of, you know, I used to, and I don't know if they still do it, but bros Cajun used to do an injected deep fried Turkey, a Cajun deep fried Turkey. I don't think that they're even open anymore. That broke my heart because they were, that was incredible. And that was something so different and so out of the norm, you know, everyone has had a deep fried turkey. Everybody's done probably just a regular oven roasted, but the Cajun injected deep fried turkey was legit. It was really, really great. So just having the option of maybe, like you said, either getting all of your sides taken and go do a pickup with that, or somebody's just cooking the bird for you and you don't have to worry about it. But with Loveless, I know it was, it was fantastic because it was already cut too. Like you didn't even... I mean, it's so it's so fantastic to just pull the lids off of everything and know it's going to be fantastic. It is the best. And I will say out there right now, one of the things that I just if you're one of the people that's going to be going out to eat or you're going to be ordering in to go, be kind of it's Thanksgiving uh, and the people that are there working are there because they they. A, need the money. B, restaurants are closed. I'm going in because we just need people to come in and work. And they're there sacrificing time with their families in order to serve your family. So be kind. Have an extra little... This is all brand new to so many people. And when you go in places, it's so vital that you're being respectful and wearing your mask when you go in. And that is the best segue ever to our next guest, um, who's going to be, she's probably the most talked about person on this show. Oh man. And <laughs> Carla, hey, how are y'all? Oh my gosh, my dogs are gonna bark, I'm so sorry. Hi Kelly, it's so good to see you. Good to see you, how are you? Great, Brandon, it's always good to see you, but it's been longer since I've seen Kelly, so. <laughs> I totally understand. Awesome, how are you guys? We are We're, good, girl. We are good. We are making it through. We're just talking about holiday plans and all the things that are happening. And and really, Brandon brought up a great point. There are so many people that are going to be maybe going out to eat or or picking something up. And just the hospitality industry, when you're thinking about the fact that you work so many holidays, just to show some extra love and grace to all of those that are inside there working that day. They're giving up their holiday. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, that's one of the pitfalls, unfortunately, of working in the restaurant industry is a lot of times you have to sacrifice your time that you want to be celebrating a holiday to take care of other people. But that's why, you know, so many people in the restaurant industry have such a love and passion for it. You know, it's it's those kinds of things to help make memories for other people. Um, I think this year it might be. Well, I don't know. 
know. I was going to say it might be a little harder, but maybe it'll be a little easier this year because people aren't doing kind of, you know, the hopefully uh, the huge family get togethers that they might normally be doing. So hey, I just would like to point out Mr. Jim Myers wanted to say welcome, Kelly. Thank you, Jim. Hi, how are you? And Jim Myers also wanted to say, hi, Caroline Gelson. Hi, Jim. <laughs> I miss seeing you. Been too long. It's crazy. This is how we see each other now. I'm getting my this, fix. This right? is it. This is so, it. So, Caroline, you are the president, El Presidente, for the Tennessee Action for Hospitality, and you have a new campaign. Can you tell us all about it? Yes, absolutely. So um, we kept hearing from our members and, you know, I've certainly experienced it personally as well. I've, I've talked about it on this show many times, um, you know, that people are still struggling with guests and with the mask mandate that, you know, trying to get people to wear masks when they're dining in our restaurants, when they're visiting our establishments. Um, so we came up with a campaign or actually Fresh Branding partnered with us very generously to come up with this great campaign um, that is called Here in the South, We Cover Our Mouth. Uh, and it's really based off this idea of wanting to highlight not only is this something that we need to do for health and safety, but it's also just good manners. And here in the South, we cover our mouth, we practice good manners and wearing a mask and not, are not arguing with your uh, servers, restaurant owners, whoever it may be. Uh, it's just good manners. Be have, have your nice Southern manners and, and wear your mask politely because it's rude not to. Um, we launched last week. So hopefully you have already seen or will see our, our signs, our posters, our stickers all over town. Uh, just as a friendly reminder to help us continue to operate by doing your part. Um, you know, I think what a lot of people don't realize is that when we are more able to contain the spread of COVID, that equals opening the economy. Unfortunately, I think a lot of people who are really big on wanting to open the economy are also people who are saying, you know, we shouldn't have restrictions. We shouldn't have regulations like, like wearing masks, but the more that we wear masks, the more that we get together um, and work together as a community to stop the spread, the easier it's going to be for us to open and operate. You know, when when a restaurant has a COVID outbreak, um, it's incredibly detrimental. Mm. Uh, no, so. absolutely. And and on my on the on brand segment here that we're going to do in about. 35, 40 minutes, we're going to talk about just kind of some of the things, because I think that there's a lot of people that are still um, hesitant to go out, venture out to go eat. And there's still some kind of unknowns. We're going to talk about just some etiquette when you do go out to eat, like wearing a mask when you show up, when you can take it off, when you can't. Just some of those things we're going to talk about in our on-brand segment. But Caroline, thank you so much for coming on and just telling a little about what you guys are doing in the South. We cover our we cover mouth. Our mouth. <laughs> Thanks so much, y'all. I really appreciate the time today. Caroline, love we love you the best. <laughs> Thank you, Caroline. Good to Bye. see you. <laughs> Good to see you. <laughs> what a great idea. In the South, we cover our mouth. I did see another one. Um, I think it was earlier today. It said, all we ask is you wear the mask. That's it. It's, it's, not a, it's not a whole heck of a lot. Uh, to do. And like I said, we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but we have another guest right now. Let's do it.
Let's do it. You ready for another guest? Oh, they sound like they're at a bar. Hello. Charlie. Hi, Charlie. Can you, can you is that Abby with you? That is Abby Waltz. Now, we figured out that you can only uh, uh, you can only attach one set of uh, earbuds to, the, to my Microsoft Surface Pro. So she can see you, she can hear you, but uh, she can't talk to you. Well, hi, Abby. <laughs> you are joined with uh, Kelly Sutton and myself, and Charlie McPherson is with Miracle One Wines. And where are you today, Charlie? Uh, we, we are, this is actually the third week we've been at L27 at the top of the Westin Hotel. Uh, every week that we come down here, it's actually it seems busier and busier. And we have our Faith Rosé on tap here. Um, and uh, we also have our uh, Hope, our uh, Hope Pinot Noir and our Love Chardonnay. We have samples, and we are um, sampling uh, wines with folks, and we're uh, buying glasses of uh, the rosé and hanging out here at Twenty Seven. Hey Charlie, I have a question for you. Yes. One of my favorite wines to get as for the holiday of everything that you put all of them. What are some of the best presents? What are what are the best um, wines to give us presents? Yeah, what are your best wines to give us presents? Oh wow, that's a good question. Um, you know what? I would think probably just skip right past the wine and just buy gift cards to the partners that I'm working with where my wine's being poured. And that way you're helping everybody. I like that idea. Yeah, there's a, um, actually, you know, back in the summer, um, we there was a little bit of a push when the restaurants were really struggling when this first all started for people to go ahead and buy gift cards uh, at the time. Now, because restaurants needed revenue. And uh, actually, I mean, all joking aside, that may be a nice thing to do is find out what people's favorite restaurant is and and uh, if they pour their favorite wines, and if it happens to be Miracle One wine with, that uh, is distributed through Empire and Abbey here, um, uh, then even better. But I think everybody goes on the winner that way. Very nice. Well, guys, it's a little hard to hear you. There's a lot of background noise. But if you right now want free wine, we have a free wine tasting happening live at L27 at the top of the Westin Hotel. Go meet up with Charlie and Abby and uh, go taste some of their wine. Yes, absolutely. Please come on down. We'll see you guys. Thank you guys for doing Bye. this. We Bye. love you. All right. That's oh, my gosh. Crazy. It sounded like it was really hopping down there. We're missing I, out. What are we doing? I don't know. That was intense. I was like, <laughs> whoa, they're having a party and we're just sitting here talking. They're having a party and I'm in my basement. I mean, I tell you. Truly, somebody somebody's living it up. It's 4.07 and they were in wine time. I'm a little jealous, but I have had um, the Hope wine and it is one of my faves. And I, I really do. I appreciate all of their wines. I appreciate a lot of wine, but I really like this too. <laughs> Heard. Heard. Um, all right. So we've got in 10 minutes, uh, actually, I'm sorry, 15 minutes, we're going to be talking to Bob from Fido. And we've got a couple of um, Jim Myers says, love you guys. And then Chef Gary Garrett says, what's up, Brandon? Welcome, Kelly. Hey, Gary. I love uh, it. This is so fun. This is like just hanging out with your friends. I mean, since we don't get to see people in person very often, this is kind of my fix. 
It is I'm, kind of fun, isn't it? I'm a I'm just a social social creature and I like to hug people. And the fact that I haven't been out hugging people lately makes me feel like I'm <laughs> I, it's part of me that needs that. I need this social interaction. So this is checking all the boxes. It makes me super happy. Yeah. So if you're out there and you're watching, say hello. Go into the yeah. comment section and say hi. And we would love to uh, love to hear if you have a question for Kelly or when Bob comes on from Bongo Java and Fido, if you want to have some for him or Samantha, please feel free to just type in your question. And we are happy, happy, happy to talk, talk to you and answer the questions. So Charlie comes on as yeah. owner of Miracle One Wines. He's at the Westin at L27 right now. If you want to go drink some free wine. Well, let's talk about other places. Today, we're going to be highlighting Hillsborough Village. Ugh. And there's a few spots in Hillsborough Village that do happy hour. They are doing happy hour as we speak. Okay. One of those places is Double Dogs. Double Dogs is where it's right next to where like Bosco's used to be. And it is from 3 to 7, Monday through Thursday. They have drink specials. There is a bar in the Moxie Hotel, the brand new Moxie Hotel. If you're from here, that's where the parking lot used to be next to in between like Cabana and Sunset Grill. That's now a hotel. Can I, time out. Can we just go back to the fact that you're like where Bosco's was and everyone that's been here longer than 10 years went, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you're like, <laughs> and the parking lot behind Sunset Grill, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, nope, right there with you. I know exactly where you are. Yeah, it's it's crazy the landmarks and how they've changed. And I haven't, I have not been in that moxie. Um, I have stayed in the Moxie Hotel in Chicago. And let me say that bar scene is insane. It's so fun. It is such a vibe. And that particular location, that just sounds like it's a good time because Moxie hotels are known for having a good time. And then to be right there, I think we, sh- we got to stop by. We might need to take this show on the road. Hey, I'm, I'm down to do a, uh, we, we like doing remotes. Remote. They're, they're a lot of fun. Come the I mean, look out. Why not? Right. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, Bar Moxie. And there's also a Moxie downtown, right on Third mm-hmm. Avenue, right down the street from um, FGL House. And they do live music. I think you have to check in to the hotel at the bar. So, I mean, yeah. you want to talk about your bartenders multitasking, like that's- another Jack and Coke. Oh, and you're in room 304. Thank you. I like- say, that's how they do it in Chicago. And when you check in, they give you a medallion, like a little wooden nickel thing. And then when you go up to your room and you get all settled in, you go back down and you get a free drink. That's the most amazing thing ever. Brilliant. And everybody do that. So sidebar, because this is what I do. You'll, you'll get used to the fact that I rabbit trail a lot. But so when I was in Chicago, we were there and we went out and we had a concert that we were covering and yada, yada. And then we came back and there was a line to get into our hotel. There was a line to get into the bar. It turned into a club, Brandon. Like, oh wow! I'm walking into Moxie, and it was like, and the lights are going, and people are like, "Wow, we're going to the Moxie!" And I, I was flabbergasted because you think of a hotel, you know, you think of like, uh, just you're going in and they hand you the key and you go up. This was a complete scene. Every night, that's what the the bar looked like in that moxie. It was so fun. It was really, really fun. <laughs> so that is a that is a new hotel in. I mean, that sounds like a blast. Yeah. And if you want that kind of a blast, and here's the thing, I was in Hillsborough Village yesterday, and I walked the neighborhood, and we are going to do a full segment where we talk all about it. But one of the things I do want to talk about is all of the 
the landmarks that have changed and what Hillsborough Village like meant to me over the last 25 years. I'm showing my age. Uh, but we'll get into that here in just a second. It, Hillsborough Village now extends past um, Wedgwood. Or was it, it was, what is that? The Blakemore, Blakemore right there? Yeah. Blakemore. It, yeah. it changes. You go past Blakemore and there's that new E3 chop house. And then there's a place called K-Bob's. And K-Bob's orders half-price bottles of wine from 5 o'clock until close. Uh, they also have beer of the day special. So they they want you to go to happy hour somewhere else and then come hang out and close the place down over at K-Bob's. Well, I mean, if it goes till close, most happy hours are a few hours. That's like, that's all night. Okay. <laughs> yeah, bring your laptop. If you go to Vandy, that, that's your spot. Yeah. Um, Taco Mama, which is right over there next to K-Bob, says 3 o'clock to 9 o'clock Tuesday, half-price margaritas. And around the city, kind of away from Hillsborough Village, uh, I have to say the best happy hour, in my opinion, is the community hour uh, at Lachlan Table, which was also voted by the Nashville uh, scene as the best, the readers, as the ha best happy hour in the city. And then I always like to recommend 12 South. You got to go to Josephine for their cheesesteak happy hour. It's always a winner. Well, anything at Josephine is like just a slam dunk in my book. Anytime that I've ever gone there, even if it's just hanging out at the bar for drinks, it's phenomenal. And and the atmosphere is kind of special. So, yeah, I love Josephine. It's uh, and Andy Little, who was on our show two weeks ago when we focused on the 12 South neighborhood, um, is just he's just one of the most amazing chefs in the city. And I just love what he does. He cares for his staff, he cares for his restaurant. It's just such a beautiful place. I mean, you know, as much as we've really cultivated our city for the music scene, that same sense of community that um, we see in the songwriting community is absolutely ingrained with all of our chefs and all of our general managers and all the people that are really making this such a foodie town. And it's just awesome to watch it grow. It is. Yeah. So talking about Hillsborough Village, we're going to jump in and we're going to jump in here in just a moment with um, Bob from Fido. Okay. But Christy Cookie Company. Christy Cookies. Dog. I believe in Nashville. This is a pin. Oh, so good. For 35 years, Christy Cookie has been making the best cookies on the planet right here in Nashville, Tennessee. You walk into the 12 South store, and when the Germantown store opens, we'll be the first to let you know. But you walk into that 12, 12 South store, you can smell the real butter and the quality ingredients cooking the moment you walk into the storefront. And that, is there a better smell than fresh baked cookies? No. I And I have to ask, because I'm not sure. I haven't been in there in a second. But I think, if I'm not mistaken, they take the broken cookies and they put them. They probably don't during COVID, but they had broken cookie samples. And I used to go over there and just walk in and, <laughs> and eat them. Because there's the macadamia is my absolute favorite cookie that they make. It's so, so good. Well, you've probably done, you've probably stayed in a Double Tree hotel over sure. your time. The cookie, the Double Tree cookie is a Christy cookie. Did you and know that was the first cookie in space? They, I, they sent those I, Double Tree cookies into space. I have that tin upstairs. I still have it. It's the most amazing thing. So cool. we want you to, um, we want you to take a little bit of Nashville home with you wherever you are listening to this. You can go to our website at NashvilleRestaurantRadio.com. You click the Sponsors tab, and you're going to find Christy Cookies. Click on that tab. You can order these really cool cookie tins full of cookies. 
mean, this thing has got, we've got cookies. They got seasonal cookies in here. They've got a cranberry white chocolate cookie that they're doing right now. I know it's to die for. And I've had to stop going over there and getting cookies to eat during the show because I'm, I can't do this going into the holiday season. Come on. And uh, so go to the website, order a tin of cookies. You can order t-shirts. They have all kinds of great things. Uh, you go to christycookies.com or you can visit them from our website. So, so and it truly is one of our gems of Nashville. If you're going to send a taste to Nashville, that's the one to send. It sure is. And um, so Hillsborough Village. Hillsborough Village is, uh, I have, I have, a, I have a, a, a paragraph that I'm going to talk about. Okay. <laughs> and, and I have to say, Gary Garrett says, notice the tin is half full, Brandon. <laughs> yes, Gary. I don't have any. So I had nothing to do with that consumption. Thank you very much. Next week. Great. Whatever you want. I'll hook you up. <laughs> you get a t-shirt and everything. We, um, um, yes, Gary. And I love the fact that it's half full, not half empty. I like the positivity, Gary. Way to be. Keeping it, keeping it real. Yeah. So Hillsborough Village is an urban, walkable, and there's more housing options than other nearby neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. Hillsborough Village is located between Belmont University and Vanderbilt University. And you will see lots of college students, young adults, families. It's very, very walkable, family friendly due to the amount of single family homes available around the area. There's a large urban park, which is my favorite park in the world, the Dragon, Dragon park. park. Yay, I know Dragon Park. Has a playground, tennis courts, and sitting areas. And if you live in Hillsborough Village, which I did for almost four years, we had a condo like in the back parking lot of Sam's in the village. Like literally the windows looked out over the back parking lot of Sam's. And I parked in your parking spot all the time when I went to Sam's and <laughs> I got yelled at because there was always so little parking and I would park there and people would come out and go, you can't park if you're going to Sam's. Uh, like, who knew that I've yelled at you before? I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you do live in Hillsborough Village, you can enjoy 25 bars and restaurants, including Nashville staples like Pancake Pantry, Fido. Hillsborough Village has some great shopping uh, with some great boutiques, a flower shop, a salon, barber shops, Pilates studio. It's also home to the Belcourt Theater which is a theater house featuring mm -hmm. classic independent foreign films, musical performances, and live theater. This is one of the most walkable neighborhoods in Nashville. And for me, special place in my heart, always for Hillsborough Village. You know, honestly, I feel like I grew up in part of Hillsborough Village. Um, we used to do American Idol viewing parties at Sam's when American Idol just started. So, yeah, that's throwing it way back. I mean, back in the days of, you know, it wasn't even when Carrie was on. I mean, like, this was, like, before that. That's Kelly Clarkson and Justin Guarini days. But we would go to Sam's and hang out. And then I did hear Belcourt is about to reopen. If they haven't already reopened, they are about to reopen and do some limited showings. Because, of course, you know, it, it's been closed this whole time. But it is it is so quirky and fun and beautiful. And the shops over there are amazing. Posh. I remember when Posh just opened and it was brand new and it's been there. It's now a staple. Altered State is over there, which is gorgeous. If you haven't been over to check out some of the things that are happening, that is one of my favorite spots. And, and Altered State is beautiful, beautiful store to go into. And just even if you don't want to buy anything, you just walk in and you look around and you're like, oh, it feels so pretty. 
So yeah, and of course you got to go to Pancake, Pancake Pantry at least once in your life if you live here. I mean, like, I don't think they sign your birth certificate officially until you've eaten there at least once. You got to go there at least once. Yeah. It's, and you know what? Every once in a while, like if you're local and you drive by and you don't see the line, just do it. Right, right, it's right. Like right. If, when I lived there every morning, we went to Fido literally like five times a week. And right. we got this local latte and I got an Eggs McFido. I'm sure I'll tell them about that when they come on the show here in just a minute. But we would walk up every day or we go to Jackson's for brunch oh, and we would Jackson's. see this long line of people outside. And I would be like, it's just pancakes. Right. And it would be raining and they'd just be standing outside. They and care. They don't care. Uh, one of my favorite stories when I first moved here, I moved here in 2001 and um, I just started doing a, a TV show at the Fox affiliate and my um, producer at the time, David Dittmore who is amazing and I love him still there. He said, you know, after we get done, I'm going to take you to Pancake Pantry. And of course I didn't even know what that meant. I'm like, all right, whatever. So we pull up and I see this line and I said, do you want to go somewhere else? And he's like, no, no, no. Like, you don't understand. This is a rite of passage. You have to yeah. stand in the line. So as we're walking in, this gentleman held the door open for us and he had on a beanie and his head was down, you know, whatever. And he held the door open and we walked in. I said, thank you. And he said, oh, you're welcome. And we sit down and David looks at me and he said, did you know who that was? And I'm like, oh, and he's like, that was Keith Urban. I was like, <laughs> wow. Well, I said, thanks. So I felt okay with it. But I mean, that was the, that was my first real taste, pardon the pun, of being in Nashville and having the celebrities around and just, it's not a big deal and you don't bother them and you know, that whole vibe. And then I think the next time I went, Vince was over there. I think Vince holds court there a lot. Vince Gill. He so. holds court there as well as, um, sorry, Vince, but Nashville and green Hills is like Vince's oh, yeah. spot. And Tom Loventhal, longtime restaurateur, um, owner of Nashville passed away this past week. And we're all, uh, very sad about that. And just, I want to say thoughts and prayers for his family. And uh, um, it's a tough loss for the, the hospitality community. Right. Uh, so back to Pancake Pantry. And I'll say uh, that Pancake Pantry was sold maybe, I don't know, five years ago to a gentleman named Crosby Keltner. Okay. And uh, he's doing a great job over there. And the Pancake Pantry, I joke, I say it's just pancakes. But you do need to go. to If you've never been, you definitely need to go. Um Jim Myers just said, oh, my God, I just remember shooting the garbage can turkey story with you at Fox. <laughs> I so remember this. It was some ridiculous thing that we had seen and we were going to recreate it. And so we had Jim come and we um, we were learning how to cook a turkey in a garbage can. And I can't remember if it wasn't frying it. I think it was I think. It was something different. It, I don't remember, but I distinctly remember we were like, we're going to do the garbage can turkey story. I mean, the the pinnacles of being a journalist. I have to <laughs> the garbage can turkey. Life. Jim, I mean, truly, maybe we need to recreate it. It is 2020, and most of what we're experiencing is a hot mess that belongs in a garbage can. So I'm just saying. This, this hot hot garbage can turkey story might have legs. We absolutely, and we need to. We'll just you know we'll do this. We'll bring Jim on. He can tell us the story next week, oh, and he can hop on the show. 
I will dig through the archives and see if I can find any visible footage that could actually happen. Oh, look at this. Nick, what's up? I love you, buddy. How are you? Uh-oh, now we don't need to talk about all the all the crazy. All the crazy. Nick Pellegrino says we could talk about the Savarino's sandwich gang. Do you have Savarino's? Because I used to Savarino's was in my front yard for three and a half years. Really? Yeah, I mean, because that was right there. I mean, it was right in my front yard. And we would go there and they had these little cannolis and uh huh. they had an eggplant rollatini, which was fantastic. We love Savarinos. That was just awesome. The gelatos. Gosh, see, these are the things. I we're we sound like a bunch of old guys just hanging around and telling soft stories right now. <laughs> and Jim says it was convection of an high art and I drama. <laughs> and then Nick says, Hey, I love you too. Oh man. I gotta say, I uh celebrated one of my pinnacle birthdays at Manja with Nick. He has seen me in all all forms. All four. <laughs> it was so much fun. And yeah, Manja is still one of my favorite go-tos. I, I will say if I have a, a group of friends and we're looking for a good time, Manja is a great time. Uh -oh. uh, Manja is the best off 8th Avenue. We're, and uh, Nick, I believe next week we are going to be highlighting your whole area down there. Uh, so you, well, we, we, you'll be getting a call this week. And I will also uh, shout out, Nick is the one that taught me how to play bocce ball. So nice. I, if I didn't, I, I, I still am terrible at it. I clearly need more lessons, but he's the only reason that I know anything about bocce. And um, yeah, well, this is good. I love the conversation. It's so much fun, but guys, I love you. <laughs> they're still talking about. So if you went to Savarino's back in the day, all their sandwiches were named after people. Oh, okay. Okay. Jim Myers had a sandwich named after him. Really? See, these are the things that I I didn't get to partake in that. I don't think I was at Savarino's. I mean, I probably went once or twice, but I I've don't. I've lost remember. sound, Kelly, so you keep going. Okay, I'm just talking. So I don't remember the names of the sandwiches. So I'm going to have to be clued in more on that. And I need to know, Jim Myers, what's on the Jim Myers sandwich that was at Savarino's? Somebody tell me that. I'm going to... Okay, Nick cheats at Bocce. <laughs> Fighting words and honor. Oh, look at this. Look at these. Next week, I'll just send you guys both a link, and you can we can all jump on. We'll have a big round table. It'll be awesome. This is great. This is a good time. This is what Nashville is all about. All comers. Let's go. See, yeah. this is this is what um, Bocce you didn't know. Bocce. You didn't know it was going to be like this, did you? Oh, I did. <laughs> And I showed up anyway. How about that? Oh, I did. And here I am. <laughs> oh, I love all of this. I love you, Nick. I hope you're well. You know, this is what's amazing about this community is just being in town for a number of years. It really is. It's like um, it's a small family, a small community family of the restaurant business. So from one group to another, how many people have shifted? I mean, how many different places have you been a part of over the last 25 years, Brandon? Do you know off the top of your head? How many places? What, what do restaurants, you mean? yeah. How many different restaurants have you been a part of or worked at or, you know, consulted? Well, I did, I did sales 
for 14 years in Nashville. So I've probably been in over a thousand kitchens in Nashville, Bowling Green, Memphis, Knoxville, Cookville, Crossville, Huntsville, Florence, Decatur, you know, all those places. I've been in almost every kitchen in the city. Wow. That's one point or another. Yeah. That's incredible. I mean, that's just it though. That's part of why we we're booming right now. I mean, it seems like the food scene has really elevated in the last few years, but it's just because there was all the groundwork that was laid before this supposed boom. You know, it's just like in the music industry, same thing. Like it's a 10 year town. I feel like that's the exact same thing that's been going on. It's been years that all of these amazing people in town, like Bob from Fido, like all of these people that have been putting together the pieces and building the foundation. And then new things are happening and it seems like, oh wow, we're having this big foodie revelation, but it's it's been building for years. It has since two thousand since the mid two thousands. I mean, I think Sean Brock with what he did at the Hermitage Hotel back in the day of the molecular gastronomy and him starting to build that up. Uh Tandy really did a lot over at the uh-huh. City House. Yeah. There were so many people. Pat Martin when he first opened Martin's, um, Carrie Bringle. I mean, some of these people that just came in and the community was so tight. And um, I remember there was a point in which F. Scott's was like an incubator. I mean, <sighs> Everybody worked at F. Scott's at some point. Uh, same with Jeremy Barlow's Taste. He had so many people what? that came through Taste, and oh, uh, there's I just remember Taste. Oh, that was a oh, that's been a minute. I know, and I mean back to I mean even Hillsborough Village. We got to think about driving through Hillsborough Village like yeah. 15 years ago, 10, five years ago. I mean, shoot, when I lived there, that new building that has Double Dogs wasn't there. There was still the Shoe Shine store. Mm-hmm. It was the old school building. There was a Bosco's Brewery, Sam's, Jackson's, Provence, Provence. Davis, oh. Davis Home Goods was there. Um, Pangea. The bookseller. Was it the bookseller? There was the bookseller. Yeah, the bookseller was right there. And then you had the Sunset Grill. Um, the Trace back in the day. And Cabana is still hanging out over there. Yeah, that's amazing. And now almost every one of those are gone. Um, we've got a new Ruby Sunshine where um, where Jackson's used to be. Mm-hmm. We have a new Double Dogs. There's a place called Hop Dottie, which mm-hmm. is kind of a burger bar. And it's uh, then there's a new place. I forget what the name of the place is called. Where Sam's used to be, but man, that Sam's sports bar was an absolute melting pot for chefs at 1130 at night. I mean, you'd go sit at that bar and it was the who's who of everybody that worked in restaurants. It was just amazing. It's just it an amazing part rowdy. of town. It got rowdy and loud and I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Myers is even going more old school with um, Faison's, which is, I believe. Faison. I remember Jody. Joe, oh, Faison's was, I think, where the trace was. And then next to it was the iguana. Iguanas, yep. right? Was it iguana or red iguana? I think it was just called iguanas. It was. Yeah. No, I remember. That was the hot ticket. You could park in one and then hop to the, all of them. So we've had some technical difficulties with our buddy Bob from Fido. And um, he's having a hard time getting on. So we do have a new guest. Um, We told you we're going to bring on Samantha Ulrich. Ulrich, And she is from Red Pebbles Hospitality. And they are going to come on as our local spotlight. Every week, What Chefs Want, Creation Gardens, 
comes on and they are um, they want to sponsor a locally owned and operated restaurant. And today it's Red Pebble Hospitality Creation Gardens. What chefs want? It's so hard to get them both together. They used to be called Creation Gardens. They're now called What Chefs Want. But they will deliver your food seven days a week. They are the company that cares about you. They are 100% service, 24-hour customer service available to you. You can place your orders later at night, seven-day delivery. They'll split anything that they sell, and um, they are truly in business to help you succeed. So give them a call, 1-800-600-8510, or check them out at whatchefswant.com. Let's bring her in, Samantha Ulrich. Hi, Samantha. Oh, you're on mute. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. How are you? I am so well, thanks. How are you guys doing? We're good. Awesome. So you are the director of marketing for Red Pebbles Hospitality. Which restaurants do you represent? So we have quite a few here in Nashville, actually. We have um, Adele's. We have the Four Four Kitchen, Gertie's. And separately, we also have Emmy Squared, which is part of the... Uh, Pizza Loves Emily Hospitality Group as well, where we have uh, restaurants in New York, D.C., um, Philly, now Louisville, and we're expanding kind of across the New York or the Eastern Seaboard. Oh, wow! Incredible! That's incredible. So, talk to us a little bit about Nashville and and what happens here. How it's different than some of the other places that you're seeing, like you mentioned Louisville. I know Louisville is coming on strong with a lot in their hospitality scene as well. Yeah, so we're, we're super excited to be in Louisville. We're in the um, new, new Lou Marketplace, which is awesome. We have um, some great neighbors in there. We have a great patio space. Um, we have just a, a ton of new vibes out there that we were really excited about. We also have a few new concepts going in there from the Red Pebbles Hospitality Group as well. Um, so it's just a really exciting new venture for us. It's amazing. That is fantastic. Um, what do you guys, I know we mentioned earlier that you were going to be doing Thanksgiving at both Adele's and Four Four Kitchen. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Absolutely. So we have dine-in service, which obviously during these COVID times can be slightly limited with capacity. Um, mm -hmm. so we are, for the first time ever, offering uh, to-go service through the Four Four and Adele's, um, both doing traditional Traditional dinner, turkey dinners with our, you know, from 404, their awesome cornbread and um, pumpkin pie and mashed potatoes and all the fixins from there. And we also have the same thing from Adele's. Um, again, first time we're ever doing this. So as we had to kind of meld with the whole COVID and pandemic um, experience with the hospitality industry is going through we're doing the to-go service, which um, we're really excited to be providing for uh, families this year. Uh, now, Samantha, what do people need to know if they really want to take advantage of that? I know most of the time with, with an offer of to-go, oh, who's that? Uh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, who is that? They love me. I'm so sorry. I was like. <laughs> Girl. Anytime a cat crashes the interview, it makes it even better. Okay. So tell us like what people need to know as far as getting the orders in, because I know most of this is done and you've got to have a cutoff date to make this all happen. hundred percent. So make it all happen. You have to put your order in by the 21st. Okay. Um, so we have pre-orders going. 
I know tons of places around Nashville are doing kind of to-go orders, obviously. So putting your to-go order in early is probably beneficial for everyone. So the 21st is the latest cutoff date. And um, we also are taking reservations on OpenTable and Resi. Okay. So if you're interested, people need to get on it and make sure that they have all of their information in either with the to-go or in person now. Yes. Yeah. hundred percent. So we have links on the website where you can email in, put all your information's in there. Um, we're actually doing, for those who love the 404 old fashioned as much as I do, we're doing that to go. So you can have, I know, um, the, the brown <laughs> old fashioned we're doing to go and in like pint containers. So for the whole group, um, we're doing those to go. We're also doing some to go uh, cocktails from Adele's as well. Oh, Thanksgiving just got happier. I know for me too. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. Do you guys have any other really fun things coming up on the horizon? So we do. I mean, honestly, our, our CEO is always putting some things that are into the work. So we have some fun, um, so on the ME squared front, the pizza front, we're also doing a location in, well, we have some feelers out there in Charlotte, Atlanta. Um, we also have some feelers out there across the Eastern seaboard. So we're really excited about the future of 2021 as much as we possibly can. And we're really, really fortunate to be able to expand our group during these times. Um, our teams on the ground have been they've been the wonders of what we do. Honestly, they've been so supportive and flexible and, and there for us. So we are there for them at 100%. Everyone's been a, a great team to make us propel into 2021 as we are. So we're super excited for what the future holds for the group. Um, that said, we also have a few, new exciting projects in Nashville with Red Pebbles. We have uh, Blue Stripes, which is a cacao shop coming into the new, I guess it's the W Hotel there um, next to Lululemon in the Gulch. Mm. Oh. So get ready for Wait, you just say a cacao shop. So I can go get workout clothes and then go next door and eat chocolate. Oh, you can. Okay. And I just want to make sure that we're on the same page right here. Like It's a thing. Look cute, but make sure that you're eating what you really want. So it comes from New York. It's this guy named Obret, o, o, sorry, Oded, Oded Brenner, comes from the brother of Max Brenner with the New York um, cacao shop there in Union Square. And they had this awesome, awesome like cloud. I think it's called like a cloud shake. It's amazing. It's Oh, I'm excited. I'm there for it. I'm excited. I'm excited. Just get the next size up at Lulu when you go. So we have that coming in the works. We have a few other exciting projects online as well that um, aren't exactly nailed down yet, but some things to look forward to. You guys talk for a second. I got Bob calling me. All right, Bob's calling. So Samantha, I want to know, you know, it's really interesting that you're talking about this and, and the fact that you guys are expanding in such a weird time. What do you think it is about Red Pebbles that has really allowed you to maintain such quality with Adele's and 404 and so many places, but then also look to the horizon and see that, you know, there is opportunity for expansion? Because I, I do think that that's very, a very unique position to be in right now. It is. And I mean, not 
honestly, like as we know, not everyone has been as fortunate to be able to stay open and expand like that. So we are um, just very thankful for the opportunities we have right now to be able to to proceed and and be open and expand. I mean, the people we like I said, the people behind the company are really what makes it. The guests behind the company are what make it. I mean, we have such loyal, awesome, awesome guests that come in and keep us alive. Um, we have awesome teams behind every one of our restaurants. We have our partners and owners that kind of know how things run and and come up with those creative ideas to keep us going. So we couldn't be more thankful and fortunate for those opportunities and, and the people, honestly. If there was one like driving factor or I don't want to say mission statement, but along those lines that you feel like really has helped align Red Pebbles, what would be one thing that maybe somebody else that that isn't in the position that they can actually start to expand, but they're hoping to to turn the tables right now, what are some of the things or maybe one thing, a nugget of knowledge that you feel like Red Pebbles has offered to all of those restaurant groups that somebody else might be able to take away? Oh God, I wish my CEO was on this call. <laughs> Howard. <laughs> um, honestly, I think it's coming up. It's just, it's, it's coming up with the, the, the feeling of what people want right now. I mean, it's really just going, it's, it's, being flexible it's being flexible with as a company um i, I you know i feel for those companies the, the restaurants and the hospitality groups that haven't had to go before and they've now had to be this to go restaurant and they've had to do delivery and it's it's not always easy it's like it's thankfully a lot of our restaurants have had that experience before so we have been in that boat but um i think it's it's just being creative it's really being creative so i I applaud all of the restaurants and the restaurant groups right now who are are making their spaces into different spaces. They're um, being outdoor movie theaters and they're giving their guests picnic experiences, socially distancing. I think that's um, super innovative, and I couldn't I, I couldn't applaud these people more. So I think it's also it's just going with what what you need to do as a company to stay alive right now, and it's giving people the security and the safety that they need to feel. Well, and I think that wow. you're right on when you said flexibility, I think that that's really that that is the key to good innovation, especially in the time that we're in being flexible and being able to look outside the box and say, okay, this isn't what we can do right now, but we can do this. So how do we do that? Well, and you guys are obviously killing it at that. So thank you. We are trying. We're really, I mean, we really are trying. And like I said, it's, it's our, the teams behind each one of our restaurants that are really keeping us live. That's amazing. Well, Samantha, you have been amazing. Thank you so Thank much you for coming on and joining us for our local spotlight for today. And if you are out there and you are looking for a great place to go eat Thanksgiving dinner, or if you don't want to cook, and we talked about it earlier in our whole Thanksgiving package, 404 yeah. Kitchen and Adele's, you're taking reservations and you are taking to go orders now. Thank you once again for spending time with Thank us you here. Guys. Thank you. It's good to talk to you. Thank you. Bye, Samantha. Bye, guys. Yeah, I, All right. I absolutely think, man, that's that is the go-to if you can do a to-go order like that, especially Adele's or four hundred four. And she said the old-fashioned is available. What? That's amazing. Exactly. It's amazing uh, yeah. to get. I'm like, do they do that in pictures? 
<laughs> some, like individual six ounce drinks. That would be dangerous, but all right, very tasty. We have figured out some bugs here and communication, and we've got Bob. <laughs> Hello. Bob's here. Hey, friend. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Oh, we're good, man. We are good. We're figuring it all out. Technology. Well, it's it's my fault. I uh, I don't know why I'm still stuck on, like, you can only interview somebody in person. I'm, <laughs> I'm old, I guess. It's hard to treat, you know, I'm sitting here at Fido, like, I guess it's can't teach old dogs new tricks or something. I don't know. Oh, well done. Well, uh, you well, we just, we're doing, we're, you know, thanks, Bob, for joining us. Um, and we are highlighting Hillsborough Village today. And I was just telling her that I lived in Hillsborough Village for almost four years. And Fido was a every single day place for me, the local latte. I still create it to this day in my house. Every morning I get up and I make a look, I make a local latte from home. And you should send us a couple bucks each time, right? I it should. <laughs> and I even make them in my Fido mug. Oh, oh my gosh. That's incredible. Okay, so tell me what's in a local latte. Oh, a local latte is espresso okay. and then steamed milk and local honey and cinnamon. There you go. I mean, that's it. And it is, it's ne- there's there's all these rotating drinks that they have there and it stays on the menu. It's, it, it became, we have a, we used to have a um, barista contest every few months. And had employees create these drinks, and um, that one was—that's how that one was created. I mean, it's so simple, but it, it just became a standard. And, and that's you know, I can go to other coffee shops and I'll say, "I want a latte." Um, I went to Eighth and Roast yesterday for a meeting, and I said, "I want a latte with a little bit of honey and cinnamon." And the guy goes, "Oh, like a local latte?" And I went, "That's exactly what I want." Like sure. it permeates other people know what it is. Yeah, we'll we'll take all the credit we can get for that. <laughs> so, Bob, let's, let's talk a little bit just about longevity and and how Fido has become this staple. I mean, when you set out on this venture years ago, what was it about the location of Hillsborough Village? How how did you end up where you were? Um, lucky you know, is all I can say. We um, when I first decided to open a coffee house in '92. Hillsborough Village is where I wanted to be, but we couldn't find a space. Um, and so we went and opened over on Belmont Boulevard in 90. We ended up opening in 93. And then a couple of years later, somebody told me there was this little haircutting place in Hillsborough Village that wanted out. And did I want to buy their lease? And I'm like, yes. And that was just going to be 1,200 square feet. And if anybody remembers Betsy and Pace Heirloom, it was, it was the 70s, 60s hangout of Nashville. I've heard some wild stories about that place. Um, but as we're getting ready to negotiate, you know, we're negotiating the lease for 1,200 square feet, the pet shop, which was right next door, which was 2,400 square feet, just in the, literally in the middle of the night, just packed up and, and left. And so the landlord called and said, you want 3,600 feet instead of 1,200. I'm like, um, maybe. Because, <laughs> you know, we still get our electric bill to a place called Bongo to go because that's what our place was going to be. It was going to be coffee roasting in the back, drinks in the front to go. And um, Bongo two, you know, number two is our second store. But um, we thought about it and I just, I took a chance and uh, took 3,600 square feet in Hillsborough village when nobody really wanted space over here. Uh, people look at Hillsborough village and the city now and think it's so hot and think I got so lucky, but 
nobody wanted the space at the time. I, I signed a 20-year lease with no money from the landlord. I had to do everything myself. So people, some people thought I was crazy, but um, it worked out. Yeah. Yeah, it did. <laughs> I'd say so. Um... Yeah. So, you know, I, I was young and didn't know any better. And I figured if it didn't work out, I'd move out of town and start over somewhere doing something. And there you go. But it, it, it worked. So you just asked, Kelly just asked um, Samantha from Red Pebbles Hospitality, kind of what their core values were I, in, in essence, right? Is that what you were saying? Like, what is your North Star? What are the things? And she talked about sustainability. I've always felt like every time that we, when we lived there, we'd walk by and I was like, I don't have an Apple computer. I'm definitely not cool enough to go eat it, Fido. Until I finally, because you just look in the window and it's just the, it's just people on their laptops. And I'm like, I have a, like, I have a PC. I'm not cool. And, <laughs> but we started going there and the Eggs McFido's is just the best breakfast sandwich. It's, it's fantastic. But what are just kind of your, what is your culture? And, because it's, it's it's unique. Yeah, I mean, I think local, you know, locals. When you say local latte, that's part of it is being local. But our um, our mission statement says we expand the definition of we we strengthen communities by expanding the definition of quality. And what we mean by that is every one of our stores is different. Uh, Fido is different than Bongo. Bongo is different than our Game Point, you know, board game cafe. And every cafe we open is different because we want to fit the neighborhood. We want to fit in. And also expanding the, the definition of quality means um, all our coffee is bought directly from small-scale farmer groups. Uh, Prices above fair trade, and it's all organic. Uh, we don't hugely pat ourselves on the back for that. We don't have huge signs doing that. They're saying what we do, but that's that's what we do. We we think it's really important. Uh, once once you visit a coffee farm and you see these communities, how poor they are. And you come back and you see people paying four or five dollars for an espresso drink, you realize you have an obligation to do something different. You you have an obligation to buy straight from small farmers. Um, it, it, coffee quality people judge by you know a number on a scale one to a hundred. Your coffee is an eighty five or an eighty eight. I always argue that like what's two what's two points on a grading scale? You tell me your coffee is ninety eight, mine's ninety six but you're buying from some guy, rich guy who owns all this plantation and, and basically have these employees under their thumb. And my coffee is buying, I'm pay, paying the farmers directly so they can live on their farm and own their own property and feed their own families and not have to go, you know, worry about income for the rest of the year. To me, that's expanding the definition of quality. You know what, that to me speaks volumes of why you've lasted. I mean, whether if, if it's if it's something like that and the fact that those are the core values, people see that people feel that people taste that. And and that's why they come back. And, and I think that um, that is really one of the benchmarks of why things succeed, especially in Nashville, when authenticity is at a premium. And if you can really be authentic, yeah, it be authentic and be yourself. And that that's what wins out. And, and those that aren't. That's why they don't last. So yeah, kudos to you. That's amazing, Bob. Yeah, thank you. No, we, I appreciate that. I, you know, the first, I knew nothing about coffee when I got into this business, but I went to my a coffee convention to learn and I found myself drifting to all these, all these seminars about uh, the politics and social and economics of coffee. And I came out of that, I'm like, why do I want to get in this business? It's very exploit, exploitive. It's very this. And 
some guy grabbed me by the chest and he goes, it's people like you who got to get in this business and change it. And um, so I've, I've always felt that over 20 something years we've been operating. And uh, back in 99, we joined six other small roasters across the country and formed a buying co-op. And together we buy coffee directly from source. And, you know, it started in 99 with 40,000 pounds and seven of us. And now it's up to 20, I think it's 26, 27 of us buying, you know, 5 million pounds a year. So that to me is a huge dent, um, a, a, a huge bonus that we can pay farmers directly. We're, we're cutting out a lot of middlemen and we're not, we're not trying to save ourselves money. We're just trying to put money in the pockets of the people. Well done. And I see it. I see that too in the food that you guys buy. I mean, the food you buy, sustainability, using um, only biodegradable to-go materials, but you look on your menu and it's, I said the eggs make Fido, but it's a it's an everything bagel with um, local eggs, farm eggs and local sausage or local bacon. And it's, everything is about yeah, local. I don't want to uh, um, exaggerate what we do because not, not everything we do is local. We try to do as much as we can source. Eggs, we eggs is one thing that that's an exaggeration. We we've tried that, and the buying local eggs, the amount we go through, just wasn't sustainable. For me. <laughs> but we do we do try to buy as many meats and cheeses and and and, and uh, during whatever season, growing season, buying uh, vegetables locally. So we, we do the best. You know, we're far from perfect. I think on coffee, we do a you know, I give ourselves pretty close to a scale of ten. Everything else, you know, we're, we still have work to improve, but. Um, it is definitely something we, we we strive for. It's one of our buying decisions. Like we can buy this drink or that drink. Well, which is local? Which is this? Which is that? Uh, yeah. And then post COVID, things are you know more difficult to, to source things and find things. But we're working on it. Hey, Bob. Let me ask you a quick question. We've been reminiscing over here about the Hillsborough Village of old, um, and I was in Hillsborough Village yesterday, and. Um, it is a different look. <laughs> like I'm walking through there and I'm like, where am I? I mean, the villager is still there yeah. and you've got the village cleaners. Yeah. And I got to give a shout out to my friends over at the village cleaners. Cause I used to see them all the time. And I stopped by to go see Jerry and Jenny yesterday. And uh, I love you guys. If you're watching Jerry and Jenny, you're the best. Yeah, what's your take on what's happened? What, what's going on over there in the village? Well, I, I've always thought the village was um, kind of a sample of what's going on in the whole city. Um, you know, when I first moved to Nashville in 88, if there was a cool, hip, Greenwich Village feeling part of Nashville, this was Hillsborough Village. And like I said, I couldn't find space here. But over the years, other neighborhoods started to pop up and the village took a dot, you know, a little bit of a dip. Um, 12 South, Germantown, East Nashville, things like that. But then, you know, you said, you know, Nashville came back with Sunset Grill came in, we came in, Provence, the old, the old Provence, and we started really developing this local feeling neighborhood. It was great. Um, Randy Rayburn, who used to own Sunset Grill, used to say it was, it was like a mall without a, uh, without a common landlord. It was like we were, we were all just here, we're all local shops. But it's slowly changed over the years. And that's, um, and that's same thing happening in every other neighborhood becoming more regional or national chains or, or whatever you want to call them are moving in. Uh, us, who else is left? Like you said, the village cleaners. Um, villager. The villager. Pancake Cabana. Pantry, pancake pantry, for, of course. Cabana's yeah. been for a while. 
but I miss the shoeshine guy, you know? Yeah. My, my office was above him for 10 years. In that building. You know, I was sitting in Fido. My wife and I had left our condo and we were sitting there. Right? And you walk in that front door, there's like a counter, like a little bar area. We're sitting right there and we watched the the crane take down that building. We sat there and it was just like the saddest moment. I have pictures of it. I was just sitting there watching it and just kind of a, I can't believe this is happening. They're they're tearing down the building. We watched it from Fido. We were sitting there having breakfast. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I like I said, my office was in there for about 10 years and I knew that building was falling apart and needed a heck of a lot of work. So I don't, I understand it, why, it had, why it came down, but it's just the stuff that came in. It's just, it just doesn't feel to me like Nashville anymore. And it's, it's that's uh, one of my feelings. It's, it's tougher to do business here. There's so much more competition and, and not only that, but it's people that don't necessarily live here or feel it or understand that when we all operate open businesses, nobody opened a coffee house across from a coffee house. Nobody opened a burger place across from a burger place. It was just like this cooperative feeling like, oh, you're doing this. We'll do something slightly different. We'll do this. We'll do that. And now it's, it's kind of crazy. But don't you feel like, I mean, and maybe, maybe this is the optimist in me, Bob, but I really feel like that, that's the flash in the pan that's going to last for a while, but I just don't feel like that's sustainable. I feel like the people that are moving here, it, it will happen for a while and it's the big shiny now, but we've watched time and time again where these new ventures have come in and they really have, you know, they set up their stakes and they, they do their thing and it lasts for four or five years, but the longevity isn't there. And, and I feel like that that's what you do so well and others around you, other people that are still in Hillsborough, that's going to be around for a long time. So even though right now we're seeing yeah, that, you say that, you say that, but it's it's um, price of real estate are getting oh, way beyond okay. what a small business can afford. Yeah, like it's, we got into Hillsborough Village when prices, you know, looking back, people think I got it for a steal and I still have a great deal, and I do compared to what's going on now. Right. But if I start to pay market rents, can I really operate this big of an operation the way I've been operating it? Or do I start to need to worry about every penny? Do I need to start to cut costs? Do I need to start um, worrying about, like I said, everything? Mm -hmm. And you know, who knows what when my lease comes up, what the rent's going to be, whether I can afford it. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, you see restaurants closing all over town. Some, you know, during COVID, a lot of them, a lot of places that were on the edge, they couldn't make it. I mean, you could blame it on COVID, or you could blame it on the, the national boom. I think that's one big story that doesn't get told enough is the national boom is having big effect on small local business, restaurants, retail shops, everything else. Well, that's one of the, that's one of the main reasons why we wanted to have you on the show today. Uh, we highlight a local legend every single week. Legend. And you know, well, I mean, the, the new people get a lot of the love out there. The, the new, everyone's talked about the new restaurant, the new thing that's coming. And there are people like yourselves who, when you support a brand like Fido, when you go to Fido for your coffee, you're not only just supporting a local community that employs local people that is a staple in the community, you're also supporting somebody who's treating farmers in a great way. Somebody who's also supporting your local farmers in a local level, as well as the fair trade farmers that are growing the coffee. Like it's so much more than just going to a Starbucks. Like 
go to the local coffee guy, go to Fido, go to Bongo Java, go support them. And these are your local, but they live here in town. They need to pay rent like anybody else. And we want to keep you guys around as long as we possibly can. And I can't thank you enough for coming on today. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I think what you said about living here is the big deal. It's like, you know, basically everything I make here stays here. Same with all, you know, and, and, you know, there's a lot of great local coffee houses. Uh, we, when we started, there was nobody around, but, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of great ones popped up. But they're, the, to me, the great ones are the ones that are local and feel local and, and buy into that. There's other regional and national chains that I'm like, why? I don't, I don't understand, you know. There's, I mean, there's no offense to uh, some coffee houses, but they're owned by a gas station, and they opened up doors away from two local coffee houses. And I just like, yeah, well, we could say it. White Bison opened up in Twelve South, and it's yeah. by twice daily. And I mean, you've got Portland Brew and Frothy Monkey right there, and um, like, go support them. You know, go support if you're going to be in the area. Um, any other great coffee shops? Like, so I mean. In town, we know that if you go to the White Bison, that's owned by Twice Daily. But if you're not able to go to your coffee shop, is there any great? Do you have any? Do you have like a community of other friends that do this? Frothy, Crema, Portland Brew. I'm, I'm, I don't want to forget somebody. Oh, Ethan Roast. I'm, I'm sure I'll forget some people. Um, uh, Dose Head, Head, Headquarters. It's a great one over there, Charlotte. Little uh, one. Oh, there's headquarters in Charlotte. There's Ethan Roasting, another one over there in Charlotte. Um, you know, I, I remember a million years ago that um, I had a date, and she wanted to go to uh, uh, Cafe Coco late at night. And I go, I can't go in there. She's like, why not? She goes, you won't support the you know competitor. I'm like, no, no, no. I, if I go in there, they're going to think I'm spying on them. And she's like, you're crazy. You're crazy. I'm like, no, it's serious. And I, I walked in, we sit down, the waiter, the waiter or waitress comes up and says, what are you doing, spying on us? That's awesome. <laughs> like, if, it for, if it was for their tiramisu, then yeah, absolutely. It would be worth it. It would be worth it. That's amazing. So no, I, I, I go to other coffee houses sometimes. Um, so I, it, it, you got to support, you got to support each other because that's yeah. what it is. I mean, the guys in Nathan Roast had their own podcast, and I was on that. And that was incredible that they extended that courtesy to me. So we all we all have to help each other. Yeah, absolutely. Bob, They're amazing guys. You. Thanks. I appreciate this. This is great. Sorry about the trouble at the beginning. Yeah. Oh, that's I, I. I'll take that one. That one's on me. I that's, we're that's, kind of at the last minute here. So. Yeah. Okay. No problem. Well, I tell you what. <laughs> We'll make it up each other. I'd love to have you on. We'll do. I would love to hear more about your story and kind of just more about you and what you do in town with a full interview. If uh, if you'd like to do that here in the coming future, yeah, I'll do that. But you have to promise to help me because I'm totally not related to coffee and business. I'm I'm, I'm working on a pod. I'm trying to start a podcast. All so right, you're, perfect. You're gonna have to help me with that part of it. I can do that too. I'd be happy to. All right. Thanks. So we all help each other. I love it. There you go, Bob. Thanks. Bye, Have Bob. a wonderful night, man. Thank you so much. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Right. Well, that was amazing. He's so great. So you great. He's amazing. Well, and you know, the thing that's interesting is I didn't, I just didn't know all of the history and the fact that he really didn't know that much about coffee and that he really educated himself about it and 
figured it out. I mean, that just speaks volumes to who he is and what his character is. And if you choose to go to a chain over a human being like that, then what's wrong with you? <laughs> you need to go to Rhino. Come on. Or Bongo I know, right? Yeah, either one. I mean, they're great people. And I missed Gary. I'm sorry. I missed um, your comment. Uh, totally into talking to him. I really enjoyed that. That was really nice. He's incredible. And you know what? I just hope and pray that those people like Bob, the, the pioneers that have been here and really made this town what it is, are going to be able to outlast whatever we're experiencing now. And if the landlord that owns that spot is watching, you better cut him a deal because we need Fido in our lives. We do need Fido in our lives. And I, I cherish, they used to have a place down the street called Fetch. Yes. They had Fido and then they bought like a few doors down at a place called Fetch yep. and you would go there any given day and the line would go all the way back like to the bathroom back there. Like it swung around the corner. You have to like get in this little back corner and stand there. And we knew because we went there every day that I knew what I was getting. And I would I would say, honey, why don't you go to Fetch? And she would go get our local lattes because there's no line at Fetch. They didn't do food. So we would go get our coffees and then she would come meet me back in line and we'd have our hot coffee and then we'd get our food and it was like, boom, 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 boom. And it was the best. You got to, we gamed the system a little bit because we were locals. It's like your, it was your cheers, basically. We were there a lot. That's awesome. It's, yeah. Those certainly. Places. Those are the places that make Nashville really special. That's, that's, I mean, I never, I wasn't there that much. I did, uh, I used to get my hair done at Rodney Mitchell's salon, which is right there, right beside it. So whenever it was, I, I loved it. And I love Rodney. He's still one of my dear friends, but I would go and park and go to Fido and get a coffee and go get my hair done. And then I might have foils in my hair. I might have like a ton of, you know, product in my hair. And I would walk out on the sidewalk and walk over to Fido with my hair looking <laughs> You know, uh, a crazy person. And they were used to it at that point there because everybody did it. So you'd walk in and get another coffee and go back. So, yeah. Well, I will tell you, it was an amazing experience yesterday walking into the village cleaners. Yeah. And it sounds weird, but there's like a, there's like a, a shop right there across the street from Jenny's ice cream. And then next that's the village cleaners, the iconic neon light sign and uh, Jerry and Jenny in there. And I used to see them all the time every month in November I would grow a mustache for Movember mm -hmm. and Jerry would always give me a $20 bill and he would say, here, put this towards your Movember thing. And he would always grow a mustache with me. But I was in there, you know, every couple days, you know, I had a lot of dry cleaning, but walking in there yesterday and then going, Oh my God, like, dude, what are you doing? And it was like, Brandon, it's like, how old, and, you know, how's William and how many kids do you have now? And I was showing them pictures and we were just like catching up and it was like, I love Nashville. I just, it's just an amazing town. And those guys are just, they're just awesome. They really are. We live in a really special town. I hope it stays special. We have to keep it. special. I, I think it will. And I will, I have to say that that bringing on Bob was uh, as a local legend was brought to you by mobile fixture and equipment company. Um, they always pride themselves on finding the best products, services, and communication with their clients. Their focus is simple. They want to provide their clients with everything they need to create a perfect meal. To achieve this, they have to learn everything there is to know about all parts of the food service industry, from storage to handling to prep to cooking and serving the perfect meal. Their dedication to their clients comes first. 
and always. And I will give you a little teaser. Uh, we were talking just now about Eighth and Roast, mm -hmm. and Q Taylor is the owner over there. And um, we are going to have an episode next week with Ben Whitlock from Mobile Fixture okay. and Q and Q Taylor. We're going to come on. And we're going to do an interview with both of them. They're longtime friends, and we're just going to shoot the the ball. We're just going to have a fun interview. It's just like us just telling jokes. So I think. And Q. I'm not, I can't remember if it was Q that came on, but um, he taught me how to do a proper pour over. Oh. Yes. I was, I was schooled about a proper pour over. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to go back and look in my files, but um, yeah, once, once you've had something that good, you really feel like um, everything that you make at home is trash and you don't want to drink it. Every morning, I'm like, oh, this is not eighth and roast. Oh. <laughs> I mean, there, you know, beans, but it's, it's just not the same. So, and they're there roasting the coffee, like in the place. Right. It's like, smell yes. it's just heaven. So, we have one last segment to go. Okay. And this is our final segment of the day. And this is the on brand with Brandon. I like it. This is brought to you by what's that? I said, get on brand, Brandon. It's brought to you by Supersource. Uh, they're proud to present our final segment of the day. Supersource is the answer to your dish machine and chemical needs in your restaurant. They have zero minimums and zero contracts, and they want to earn your business every single week. Jason Ellis is the hardest working man in town, and he's here to help save you money and increase the cleanliness of your dishes, provide the best service in Nashville. Check them out at our website. NashvilleRestaurantRadio.com. Click the Sponsors tab. Click the link for Supersource, and you will get three free months of Dish Machine Rental as well as 15% off your first chemical order if you visit the link in the website for new customers only. Go check them out now. Today, we're going to kind of continue talking about what we've been talking about. If you are going out to eat, we wanted to give you a little bit of a guide as to what to expect, what to do, how to respect your server, just, just getting on to talking to you the guest i think um, that um that is a very valid point i just was at an establishment earlier today and there were certain people that weren't on board with the mask program or had it down here this doesn't count people when it it's got to go over the nose it's got to go over the nose gotta go over the nose the fact that they wear it down here drives me bonkers so it's really important when you go out to a restaurant that you wear a mask. Restaurant workers have to wear a mask. It's mandated that they wear a mask by the health department. So when you walk in the door, have the mask on. Be ready. If they tempt you, that's a good thing. They're just verifying that everybody that comes in their building is safe. So when you walk into the restaurant, one of the great things that you can do as a guest is to make a reservation. Right now, when we're seating at 50% capacity, it's really helpful if they know that you're coming. So please go to Open Table, go to Resi, go to Talk, wherever you make your reservations, check availability, make reservation, let them know you're coming. That way they can plan for you, have a table ready for you um, so that they can be prepared. It helps out the restaurant so much. When you get to the restaurant, they're going to greet you. Maybe they take your temperature. When you walk to your table, you sit down at the table. You're free to take your mask off once you sit down. Now, here's the important thing. 
they're going to hand you either a single serve menu or you're going to have a QR code on the table that you can scan. And from there, you can um, read the menu on your phone. Now, one of the things that I'd recommend is to game plan. Game plan ahead. If you know that you're going to the Green Hills Grill mm -hmm. and you don't want to have to read the QR code, go to the go online. Check out thegreenhillsgrill.com. Look at the menu. Identify what you want to eat before you go so that you don't have to worry about touching this, minimize the amount of touches that you have. If you can plan ahead, you can get ahead, which is really, really, uh, if that's something that you're nervous about, that's a way to get around it. So being proactive can certainly help you in that regard. And when you sit down and there's a lot of stuff to do, right? So you have the single server menu, you've got a QR code, the server walks up, the server's wearing a mask. So when they talk to you, it's hard to really sometimes understand. So if you would give the server your undivided attention when they come to the table, it's very respectful. Yeah. Not making them repeat what they're saying two and three times because you're on your phone or you're talking. They, listen, they do this all day long. They're there putting themselves at risk so that you can have a good time and have a great experience, get food. They're having to wear a mask. They can't just take it off and go, okay, look guys, here's what's going on. Give them your undivided attention and listen. It's so important. Well, and I'll, I will say this, I, I kind of take it one step further. I usually will leave my mask on when the server is there, because truly, I think one of the things with mask, it's not necessarily if I'm wearing one to protect me, it's to protect you if I was yes. to have it and didn't realize. So, and I do this too, you know, in any restaurant situation, if I know I'm going to be face to face with another human, I just feel like it's courtesy to have that mask on. So even if I take it off and I'm talking to whoever, whoever I'm having dinner with, I will put it back on when the server comes over simply because I want to show them, you know, the good grace of, I want this on my face while you're talking to me. So I'm not spitting my germs at you. Um, but that's just me. So that, that's my etiquette tip for the night. It's like, just put it on because it it's a form of respect, I think at this point. Absolutely. And if you get up to go anywhere, put it back on. You walk through the restaurant. A lot of they've socially distanced the tables. You sit in a in a in a separate away from everything. And really throughout the dinner, it's it's pretty easy. Just enjoy your dinner like you normally would. But when the check comes, leave them 25 to 30 percent. Leave a good tip. Um, and if your meal was bad, let's say you had a bad experience, something didn't go right. Do not leave there and go on Yelp and leave them a one-star review because they're terrible, whatever. We are all trying to make it right now and do our very best. If you have a problem, ask to speak to a manager and tell the manager what your problem is. And if they tell you to pound sand, then maybe go to Yelp. But everybody wants you to leave happy. They all want you to leave with a positive experience. And you having um, communicated accurately to the restaurant management ownership What's going on is the way in which helps them fix any future problems that future guests could possibly have. You're not being a Karen. You're not complaining. Just let them know. They want to know what's going on. They genuinely want. That's what we do in the service industry. We want to help you. Don't leave. Get in your car and go, I'll show them. I'm going to go on Yelp and let them have it. Like That's not the way to do it. These restaurants, especially locally owned and operated restaurants right now, need your support. They don't need you to go on and bash them online. They need every single person dining there. I actually challenge you right now to go back and find three restaurants you had a great experience at and go leave them five-star reviews tonight. 
I was about to say the same thing because you know people are 10 times more likely to jump on and give a bad review than they are a good review. So if you've had great service somewhere, if you've had fantastic food or something that was just stellar, go add that because Yelp, I mean, you know, for all the bad things that it offers, it offers a lot of great things as well. So mm -hmm. it was a place that you just truly had a good experience within the last six months definitely let them know about it because it can make or break. I mean, it's, it feels unfair sometimes because like you said, a Karen can get on there or even somebody that doesn't understand one star is a bad review. I've read those. Those are always hilarious. It's like, this food was great. One star. And you're like, no friend. No, one is not the best. Not how it works. Five's good. One's not. So anyway, that being said, yeah, do your part and make sure that our locals are getting all the love that they can. Well said. Kelly Sutton, we have done it. We yeah. have our first our first show together. And I want to encourage people to go to YouTube and search Kelly Sutton. Your new show, Connected with Kelly, is out now. You had an episode come out today, I believe? It did. It came out this morning. So we spoke with our buddy Kane Brown. Uh, Kane has been a superstar as of late. He is just incredible. And one of the things that Kane did recently is partner with Crown Royal and Crown Royal does this amazing project called the Purple Bag Project. So, you know, when you get a, a bottle of Crown Royal, it comes in that beautiful purple velvet bag. They take those and then they stuff them full of goodies and they send them to our servicemen and women overseas. And it's just this little care package, a, li a little something from home. So it has, you know, beef jerky and it has a note and it has, you know, a, a ton of other goodies in it. And their goal for 2020 was to pack their one millionth bag and have that sent overseas. So Kane is helping with that initiative. It, it all ties in. Yesterday was Veterans Day, um, which was, you know, our chance to say thank you to all of our veterans and all of our servicemen and women. So you can check that out and go over to Connected with Kelly. You can find connectedwithkelly.com or you can go to YouTube and find me at Kelly Sutton TV. Brandon, you look different right now. I believe he might be gone. I don't know. I think he may have signed off, guys. It's just me by myself in my basement. I hope you guys are having an amazing night. Thank you so much for joining us. We will be back. We've got more amazing guests. And I'm just excited to be a part of this new venture. If you guys are listening to us, then make sure that you tell all your friends about this episode and where they can find us. You can go on the Facebook group as well and like it. And that way you will be notified every time that we go live. So... Just get on there and like it. And for everybody that's watching tonight, have a fantastic night. Show love to our city. Keep Nashville happy and safe. We love you all, everybody. Have a good night. Bye.